معرفة This really looks like a financial capital of the world. Hi, Ali. Have you arrived? Yes, I'm in the airport gallery. Just wait there. I'm coming inside. Okay. It's good to see you here in New York. How's your family doing? Yes, I'm happy to be here. My family are well. I have three children now. They are all doing well. That's good. What about Hussam? How is he doing? Hussam is fine and doing well. Please bring the luggage inside. Yes, sir. Welcome to my home, Ali. Thank you. Come, come in and freshen up. Here is the guest room. I will prepare some coffee for us. So how is life uh, treating you in New York? Oh, it's been quite a ride for me. As you know, since I graduated and having specialized in finance, I was offered a great job at my dream destination, Wall Street. Good, I'm glad to hear it. So you're a sharp investment banker now? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure whether I'm sharp enough, but I am an investment banker. Why do you say so? The regular protest, rising unemployment, the increase in debt levels, it has all left a heavy feeling of guilt in me. Guilt? Why do you feel guilty? I suppose it's because I'm unable to add any positive change to this ailing financial system. You haven't changed at all. You're the same old emotional Peter. Cheer up, man. Yes, yes, same old me. So tell me, how's life going for you? Anything new? Well, as you know, I set up an IT software company, and we're presently engaged in developing some software. But... The global financial crisis has also affected us quite badly. There's no escaping it, it seems. Yeah. The crisis has had an effect on all business industries, unfortunately. Some worse than others. Yeah, for sure. What do you think went wrong that led to this drastic meltdown? Honestly, it's tough not to be trapped in the system. And everyone is throwing their own logic to this situation. Well, you have been in such a long period as an investment banker. You might have your own analysis to this issue. Yes, you're right. To be precise, in my view, few points have been the causes for this crisis. Is it so? Of course. What are they? Greed, extravagance, debt, and speculation. How come? Uncontrolled rise in trading of debt has left an individual, a corporate, and a sovereign to cause this mayhem. And on this, speculation was an icing on the cake. Coincidentally, Hussam and I had a discussion on this issue a couple of days ago. That's good. I think Hussam works in Islamic finance industry. I am sure Hussam has his take on this issue from the Islamic finance perspective. Yes, indeed we had a brief discussion. Can you please share a few points with me? Sure. Let's take that. 
Islam views debt as an obligation. Involvement in debt is generally discouraged in Islam, except in the condition where it becomes a necessity. One cannot take debt to fulfill false pride and greed. So you mean to say that if it is not a necessity, one should not get indebted? Apart from necessity, another important point is that when the one who enters into a debt-based transaction should make sure that they have the potential ability or capability to repay in accordance with the terms and conditions of the debt arrangement. Though I am aware that Islam prohibits interest, but I am not quite clear how Islamic finance works without the involvement of interest. You are right. Islam prohibits any excess or premium charge on money lent. In fact, the two primary sources of Islamic law, Quran and Sunnah, strictly prohibit dealing in interest. Quran is a divine book and word of Allah revealed as a final revelation and guidance to mankind. While the Sunnah refers to traditions of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, that includes his sayings, actions, and tacit approvals. Islamic finance institutions play two roles. First, as a partner where they engage with customers in a project on profit and loss sharing basis. And second, as a trader where they purchase assets and bear the risk of ownership, then they either sell or lease out the asset to the customer. I came to know that even Christianity too prohibits dealing in interest. Yes, not only Islam, but also all major religions of the world, such as Judaism, Christianity, Hinduism too, prohibits dealing in interest. What does Islam say about speculation? A speculative transaction leads to uncertainty, and an uncertainty is referred to as gharar in Islam, which is not permissible. For example, derivative instruments like options, futures, and hedges that are traded in conventional financial market. It seems that Islamic finance has a complete solution to the global economic crisis. Yes, you are right. But if the guidelines provided by Islam are not implemented correctly, even Islamic finance industry too may suffer the same problem. Hmm. By the way, how does Islam view the economic affairs? Islam is a comprehensive system of life, as such, it provides guidelines for every sphere of life, including economic, business and commerce. These guidelines form the philosophy of Islamic economics. That's interesting. You mean Islam gives a model of an economic system? Yes, Islam does provide with an economic model based on the certain guidelines in Quran and Sunnah. That's good. Are those guidelines mentioned in the primary sources of Sharia? Yes, those guidelines are mentioned in Quran and Sunnah. But how can Islamic principles that were revealed centuries ago guide and be applied in the modern world? There are certain principles in Islam that relate to aspects such as prayer and worship, which are not subjected to change. There are a few others which relate to business transactions, trade, etc., which can be changed based on the circumstances provided they do not contradict with the principles of the Qur'an and Sunnah. This unique feature of flexibility of Islam makes it relevant to every generation. I see. You said there is a philosophy of Islamic economics. Can you briefly explain it to me? According to Islamic philosophy of economics, Allah is the ultimate owner of the wealth and resources available to human beings in this world. He, Allah, has sent humans as his vicegerent or khalifa or representative on earth to manage and benefit from this wealth and resources in the way prescribed by him. Islam strongly discourages idleness that results in poverty. In fact, it encourages the economic activities, trade and business within the permitted boundaries. Wealth cannot be accumulated and hoarded in a few hands. There is a due share of every individual who lacks the ability in the surplus wealth earned by an able individual. 
This due share is transferred to them in the form of inheritance, will, zakat, i.e. obligatory charity, and sadaqah, i.e. optional charity. One is accountable for one's earning and expenditure to Allah. So within this philosophy, people are free to adopt any sharia permitted source that can satisfy their economic needs. Based on this philosophy, the sharia scholars and the Islamic economists of every age have been developing the Islamic finance model. Recently, I have come to know that Islam does not encourage savings. Is that true? Not really. It is not correct. In fact, Islam encourages savings. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, advised not to leave one's children begging or poor behind after one's death. That's great. Any other feature that differentiates Islamic economics from conventional economics? Yes, there is one more feature, zakah. Zakah is one of the five pillars of Islam. This act requires a Muslim to demonstrate submission to Allah. Its primary traditional function is an act of piety. It also reinforces the responsibility of Muslims for each other's physical and social well-beings and helps bridging gap between wealthy and those less well-off. It is a best check against hoarding. Paying zakah helps increase the production and stimulate supply as it is the redistribution of income. Can you please explain to me how Islamic economics views money? Under Islamic economics, money is viewed as only a medium of exchange and a measure of value. Money is a tool to measure the value of all commodities and it is not a commodity in itself. I guess Islamic finance industry has evolved and developed for a long time. Yes, historically, if viewed then, the Islamic finance and financial institutions evolved and developed since the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, from the cities of Mecca and Medina. The central treasury, Baytul Mal, Zakah and other taxes like land tax, Kharaj and poll tax, Jizya, etc. were successfully operated during that period. In addition, there have been a few developments such as the use of silver minted dirhams, bills of exchange and cheques. However, the modern development of Islamic finance began in the 19th century when Muslim scholars called for a financial system within the Sharia norms. Various theories and theoretical models were proposed by the scholars of the time which further resulted in the emergence of Islamic banking and financial institutions. At present, there are more than 200 Islamic financial institutions that include Islamic banks, investment companies, insurance, regulatory and rating agencies, which operate throughout the globe. Really? Mm. I never had such a fruitful discussion on this topic. So for how many days are you here in New York? Only for two days, and I'm flying back tomorrow at midnight. Hmm.